the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on this Saturday, February 26, 2022. How's everybody doing? It's been cold in Texas the past couple of days, and I mean really, really cold. So I hope that everybody's staying warm. I hope uh, uh, our friends uh, out of state that are listening to us, I hope you're staying warm as well. We've got a lot of talk to a lot of a lot of uh, to talk about today. Let me tell you real quick who our uh, guests are, because uh, they all are bringing something to the table regarding the situation that we've been experiencing or watching on the news this past week. That being the invasion of Ukraine by uh, by Russia and what it means to pub to to the security and to the borders of the United States, which are unsecure, my friends. First of all, on deck, we've got our good friend, Dr. Jeffrey Atticut, who is uh, a um, professor at St. Mary's University here in San Antonio. And uh, Dr. Atticut is an expert in terrorism, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, border issues regarding uh, terrorism, uh, the uh, infiltration of uh, people who want to harm us. Uh, the man is really, really uh, a, 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 an expert in all of that. And he's going to be chatting with us about um, the situation that we've got with a wide-open border now that uh, a conflict has erupted and uh, that uh, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, the dictator of Russia, has uh, threatened us, completely and totally threatened us. So uh, he's going to be chatting a little bit about, uh, with us about that. We also have Mr. Andrew Arthur with the Center for Immigration Studies out of Washington, D.C., Andrew is going to be chatting with us with uh, with regards to some policies that have been reversed, some Trump uh, policies that have been reversed by the Biden administration that actually were meant to secure us from uh, Chinese spying, from from uh, issues related to um, again keeping us secure. Uh, he is also going to be chatting with us about this whole ridiculous situation, my friends, where the Biden administration is rolling back. The, uh, the the requirement that if an immigrant comes to the United States, now these are the leg- legal immigrants, never mind the illegal ones, but the legal immigrants that come to the United States have got to uh, be self-sufficient and have got to have some kind of, uh, of safety net, economic safety net, so that they do not become public charges, so that they don't go on welfare. Well, obviously, welfare is something that Democrats and the socialists love, and so they are removing that requirement of immigrants. Um, then we've got Mr. R.J. Ha- uh, Hallman from uh, FAIR, and R.J. is going to be chatting with us again with some, uh, regarding some issues related to how the border is being deconstructed, border security is being de- deconstructed. Deconstructed. That means that the Biden administration is literally removing, taking it apart, not only how somebody uh, moves to the United States legally, but also how somebody is prosecuted or not prosecuted for entering illegally. RJ is going to be chatting with us around. Our final guest is is, uh, our good friend Jason Jones, a Newsmax reporter and border crime expert, who who just got back from Arizona. He was in Arizona last week. And um, he is going to be chatting with us and talking to us about what is going on on that border, what he saw going on in that that, uh, area. Because, my friends, uh, the border problem is everywhere. The border problem is all over the place. It's not only uh, in McAllen and Brownsville and in Laredo and El Paso. My friends, it's all the way stretching across the border to San Diego. Plus, it's also happening just as bad, only not as noticeable, on the northern border, the Canadian border. 
It's very, very insecure. And then on top of that, anyone that flies in and overstays their visa, anyone that flies in and claims that they're a student, anyone that flies in and uh, is reunited with their kids, I mean, those people, my friends, are also being granted passes and they are sticking around. My friends, we've got a real problem when it comes to uh, American, uh, American sovereignty, American uh, security, and protecting our borders. We've got some real problems with that. So um, uh, let me tell you real quick uh, my take on this whole situation, and then we'll go to Jeffrey Attica. My take on this whole situation with the border, my friends, is very, very simple. We don't know who is coming in, obviously. We don't know who is coming in. We don't know how many cells, how many, how many terrorist cells, how many uh, destructive uh, plans are already in, in, in place in the United States because for, for a year people have been uh, stampeding into the United States and we haven't vetted them. We know, we, we, we know of, of certain situations where uh, people on terrorist lists were picked up, were held, and then released. And now they cannot be found. Now they not, cannot be found. I mean, my friends, this is a worrisome situation in this. If there is any reason for you to get out and vote against Democrats, you better do it. You better do it. So without further ado, let me uh, just uh, conclude by saying, you know, we thank everybody for, the, for joining us. We thank our listeners up in, uh, in other states like New York and Utah and, uh, and, and uh, Wisconsin and in Maryland. Thank you very much for joining us. My friends, uh, we are going to uh, we we're, we're going to continue screaming and yelling about this border security issue because it is prime, it is a prime issue in in uh, the 2022 elections. We've got to we've got to ask uh, any candidate what the heck are you going to do about this to protect us. Without further ado, let me uh, conclude and uh, let's go to our first guest, Dr. Jeffrey Attic. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, a very good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Adcott from uh, St. Mary's University here in San Antonio. Uh, for your, those of you that don't know him, um, Dr. Adcott is an expert uh, on uh, terrorism and uh, on uh, warfare. The uh, uh, good professor has been on many, many shows, including uh, National Fox and uh, Newsmax and uh, various other networks. So uh, we're very, very happy to get him back on our show. Dr. Atticott, let me ask you, given the situation that has erupted on Thursday in, uh, in Ukraine with the invasion, given that also uh, the day before on Wednesday, the Biden administration relaxed a, uh, uh, a, a regulation uh, or an executive order, I wasn't sure what it was, that they had uh, that uh, the Trump folks had put forward regarding spying because it impacted racially on Chinese. Um, and uh, given, you know, the open border that we've got, um, how vulnerable are we to sleeper cells or to attacks or anything of the nature? Yeah, it just it reminds me of, uh, of a truism that science doesn't care what you believe. <laughs> it's science and national security really doesn't care what you believe. Uh, the Chinese are uh, one of our adversaries in, in the world. They, they tell us that. So you can say, well, it's not politically correct to spy on Chinese because they have a different racial makeup. I suppose that's what they're trying to get at. makes no sense at all. Uh, we don't care about the racial makeup of our enemies. We care, uh, you know, what are the enemies doing? We care if they're green, red, you know, tall, short, whatever. It's what are they doing? And we have to have that information. We have to have that intelligence. So those things are irrelevant. They're, they're actually uh, uh, hazardous to clear thinking. Um, the same thing with profiling. I mean, when we, a lot of law students think profiling is illegal. No, illegal profiling is illegal. But when we look at national security, we're profiling for actions. We're not looking at the, you know, the skin color or the racial identity or the religious beliefs of our enemies. We're looking at behavior. Um, and so the behavior, of course, what we've seen with Russia is uh, is very disturbing because they have made it very clear what they are now all about and what is the impact here in our country. Uh, that is another one of our adversaries and that we, you know, we're not at war with Russia, we're not at war with China, but they have interests that are adverse to ours and we know that both countries have been involved in hacking into our 
intelligence systems hacking into our infrastructure. So those are not friendly actions. Uh, so it's just, you know, we're in a very dangerous time right now in the world. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a semi-cold war, I would say. Yeah, the, uh, the situation also um, with a new uh, agreement with uh, Iran uh, that's uh, about to be passed, I believe in the... Uh, I'm not sure that if Congress is going to do that or if the Biden administration is going to do it independently, but uh, e- even that, I mean, they are, they are going to have a new, more... Uh, a, a kinder, gentler, if I can use that term, uh, agreement with, uh, with Iran on, on nuclear issues. Yeah, that, if that, now that's really a hot spot right now. And, yeah, it's not going to go through the Senate. It would never pass. Uh, it's going to be unilaterally done by the president. As President Obama did that, it's going to be an agreement or an accord. It will not be a treaty, per se, which would, which would require ratification by the Senate. So the Biden administration is going to unilaterally do that to, I suppose, uh, under their thinking that they can actually uh, do an agreement with a totalitarian state that is named and identified as a number one state sponsor of terrorism in the world. And the Biden administration, of course, adopts that position. Uh, and yet they're trustworthy enough to enter into an agreement, even though they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism in the world. You can't have it both ways. I mean, it's, it's illogical, of course. Any clear thinker knows that the Iranians will not keep their part of any agreement, whatever the agreement is. And, you know, that really ties into another issue related to our southern border. The FBI tells us right now that every major city has sleeper cells of Hezbollah jihadists that are under the thumb of Iran and that are ready for action for action if you know if things go sideways with the Iranians and they actually do uh, you know attempt a breakout to develop a nuclear weapon we're going to have to take steps to try to thwart that if the Biden administration has any clear thinking on the issue I don't think they should enter into an agreement that cannot be verified and of course it cannot be verified you know uh, one of the things that I have always discussed with my um uh, law enforcement friends is this issue of racial profiling given that you know you've got Iran you've got uh, China uh, and you've also got of course Cuba you've got uh, uh, Venezuela you've got other countries all of them third world except with the exception of, uh, of Russia all of them third world so obviously people of color as uh, leftists and liberals would say how the heck do we defend the border? How do we, the heck do we protect ourselves internally from sleeper cells if we're so busy being, you know, avoiding uh, racial profiling and trying to be politically correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a disorientation to reality. Uh, my view is that racism obviously is wrong, but the best way not to be a racist is do not consider the race. <laughs> you know, look at the narrative <laughs> in, in the words of Martin Luther King which is a fantastic statement that many people now seem to, you know, uh, uh, I guess disavow. But yeah, it's the content of the character. So the same issue with national security. I don't care what the race is. What's your character? What are you trying to do vis-a-vis our national security interests? That race should not be a factor whatsoever in terms of national security. Uh, and I, again, I think it's a, it's a disorientation of reality and very dangerous to make that one of your criteria in dealing with Uh, I, I, you know, exactly, exactly. So, given this administration's uh, extreme liberalism as far as trying to be politically correct, um, how, I mean, uh, how vulnerable are we? Uh, I mean, we're looking at the crime rates rising like crazy in, in, in urban areas, including here in Bear County in San Antonio, rising in cra- like, like crazy because we've got, we've got a lot of DAs who are considering uh, race and income uh, in, 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 in sentencing people, um, my gosh, you know, in protecting the government and in, in protecting the nation, if we're going to consider race, race and income uh, across the world, good night. I, we're, we're in trouble. Well, you know, the justice system, just like any system, can always be improved, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, you know, you have to have a, a compromise between those two interests of due process and protecting the public. And I don't think that's being served very well. We saw, of course, with the, uh, in the wake of the, uh, the riots in 2020, there was a gigantic movement to get rid of the police. 
And any logical person would say, well, you know, let me do a thought experiment here. <laughs> you get rid of the police and crime is going to go up or down. Let, let me think about that. Uh, the same concept with the military. You get rid of the military without incur aggressive nations to attack or not. Uh, we saw the same thinking, of course, between World War One and World War II. Uh, many of the great thinkers, quote unquote, said, well, what causes war are, are armies. Therefore, we'll just simply... Um, <laughs> You know, get rid of our armies. And we had the London Naval Treaty, which cut one third of, uh, of, of navies. We had the Kellogg Brand Pact, which reduced military forces. But that was the thinking. And these are, you know, these are very intelligent, quote unquote, people with high IQs. And they simply believe that if we get rid of armies, we won't have any more wars. And of course, uh, the nations that signed those agreements, like the, the Germans and the, the Italians and the Japanese, they had no intention of keeping their agreement. So we disarmed, and the totalitarian thinking regimes didn't disarm, and oh, you've got World War II. So it's, uh, again, these things come in cycles. And, and, you know, the bottom line is that man is a flawed being. And even if we were all the same skin color and all the same whatever it is, you know, a nice pinkish uh, or, or whatever color you like, we're still going to have war and crime. Uh, it's just the nature of mankind. And according to every relig major religion, man is a flawed being. And of course, in, in biblical Christianity, that, that's the premise, that man is inherently flawed, and therefore we come together to form nations to try to you know, keep that down as much as possible, but you need law and order in the streets, and you need a strong, vibrant military to protect the nation on exterior lines, as you do the law and order, and judges ruling properly from the bench on interior lines. And these are just these are simple truths. I'm reminded, I'm going to talk a little law, but there's a, a great quote that I always put in all of my... Uh, my uh, syllabuses, and that's by Rebecca West, and she said the trouble with man is two things. One, he cannot learn those truths that are too complicated, and he forgets those truths that are too simple. These are just simple truths. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it really, really is. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Atticott, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. We're going to let you go, but um, anything that you'd like to leave us with before we let you go? Well, again, we, we've got to have clear leadership, and, and you know, we, uh, I don't expect perfection from anything or any institution, but I think we can do a far better job at our executive level and in our Congress, and, uh, and, and you know, we need, to, we need to understand, we need to orient to reality, and, uh, you know, we can wish in one hand and spit in the other and see which one fills up first. It's orientation to reality, and, you know, let's just treat each other as Americans that do what's right for the American nation. I couldn't agree more. Thank you very, very much for being with us today. We've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Atticott from uh, St. Mary's University. And uh, thank you very, very much. Stay safe. Thanks, George. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've reached out to uh, the Center for Immigration Studies in D.C. And uh, we've got uh, Mr. Uh, Andrew Arthur, uh, who's been on our show before. And I wanted to get him on because uh, they've written a very, very interesting article regarding the Biden administration is releasing... Some uh, apparently they are planning to uh, put to, or they have put together a blueprint. Now get this, folks: a blueprint for dismantling the border, not just the Texas-Mexico border, which is pretty dismantled as it is, but dismantling the entire border. Um, Andrew, thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, given you know the problems that we've got around the world, including. The uh, Iranian mess that we, or the Ukraine mess that uh, has erupted, uh, so many uh, doggone uh, uh, enemies that we've got around the world, uh, and this open border. I mean, dismantling the border is that a good idea for the security of the United States? 
No, absolutely not, George. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've been involved in immigration going on three decades now, and I've seen a lot of ebb and flow in uh, concerns about uh, the security of the United States, the safety of the United States, which, of course, directly touches on not just the border, but the ports, although primarily uh, the border of the United States. We see, uh, you know, separatist movements uh, throughout the Middle East, uh, you know, some you know, terrorist groups that are starting to get new legs in the Middle East, uh, and we face, uh, you know, concerns from Russia, from China, from various other countries that have uh, interests inimical to the United States, as we said. So, you know, now really is the time that we should be tightening up uh, our security apparatus, that we should be tightening up uh, our restrictions on the ability of people to get into the United States. So, you know, we should be doing the exact opposite of what the Biden administration is planning to do right now. It, you know, it uh, it almost sounds. I mean, you know, we have seen signs that uh, that the uh, uh, leftists like uh, Ocasio Cortez, who was here in San Antonio not too long ago, um, you know, how they have proposed uh, uh, abolishing ICE, abolishing the Border Patrol. I mean, it, it just seems like they are that they don't care about security, and I'm not sure what they care about. Yeah, no, and. You bring up, you know, not just an interesting point, but the critical point. These uh, entities exist to protect the American people, to protect the homeland. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of these people don't like what they do. They don't like the effect that that has on immigrant communities in the United States. But, you know, that's not their primary mission. Their primary mission is keeping the American people safe. When we see the United States facing, you know, numerous crises around the world and domestically, you know, the role of those agencies becomes even more important than it has been in the past, not less important. So now is the time that we should be putting more money, more resources into Border Patrol, into CPP generally, and into ICE in order to protect us from the real threats that do exist in the world. Uh, it's, you know, this uh, uh, situation where um, they are relaxing uh, existing regulations, um, like the uh, uh, folks uh, that, that are coming in that uh, no longer do do they have. I mean, they they can be dependent on the government, uh, even though they are immigrants. Talk to us about that as well. I mean, not only is it are, are we letting folks in that we don't know what their intentions are, we're also letting folks in who who are going to be dependent on us. Yeah, and you know that is the exact opposite of what the law says. Of course, uh, the Center for Immigration Studies generally, me personally, uh, support immigration to the United States. Uh, you know. Immigration is crucial to the continued success of this country. And, of course, I could tell you hours of stories about successful immigrants uh, to this country. But the rule has always been, if you want to come to the United States and live here permanently, you have to be able to support yourself. Ideally, you're also going to be able to, you know, grow the economic pie so that you can help to support your fellow Americans. But at a minimum, you have to be able to support yourself. And we saw the Trump administration actually do what Congress said it should do, and that is to require individuals who come to the United States for permanent residence to support themselves and to show that they can support themselves in this country. The Biden administration, unfortunately, has rolled back uh, those regulations and, you know, is now going to allow individuals into the United States who won't be able to support themselves and who are going to be a drain on our fiscal coffers. Everybody in this country right now is being, you know, asked to tighten their belt because inflation is roaring, the price of gas is soaring. Um, and, you know, we should not be putting our fellow citizens in a situation where they're going to have to pay more uh, in taxes uh, to help support individuals who should be able to support themselves. Oh, it's incredible. So we've got a double whammy, it looks like. We've got um, unvetted uh, migrants coming into the country. Um both legally and illegally, and then on top of that, we've got migrants uh, who are uh, going to be financially dependent on us, uh, both legally and illegally entering the United States. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, 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 just to draw your uh, listeners' attention to a very important report that came out of the Department of Defense Inspector General's office last week, they found that of the Afghans who had been brought to the United States, that 28 of uh, 31 of those evacuees about whom there was derogatory information can no longer be located. I mean, 
we had vetting failures even in what was supposed to be a very secure system. We were promised that these individuals were going to be thoroughly vetted and not, none of them were going to be released into this country. And what that report shows is that the vetting, you know, wasn't very robust, uh, that agencies weren't talking to one another, and now, you know, we're in a situation where we can't find people who may pose a danger to the American people. That's just a snapshot of what's going on in this country right now uh, as it relates to immigration. Uh, that's... That is outrageous. That is absolutely outrageous. It is dangerous, and it's really, uh, it, it's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Uh, Andrew, let me let you go. But uh, anything that you'd like to leave with us, um, a silver lining, maybe you know, to what is uh, happening with this, other than dismantling uh, the border. Well, I think the American people have been awoken, not exactly from a slumber, but you know, from a greater focus on themselves to understand that there are dangers in the world that exist, you know, aside from the ongoing pandemic. And I think that, you know, once the American people know what these dangers are, they're going to call on their government to tighten up our rules, tighten up our regulations, and tighten up our vetting systems so that we can ensure that the American homeland is safe and the American people are safe. You got it. Once again, folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Andrew Arthur, with the Center for Immigration Studies out of D.C., Thank you very much for taking time to be with us, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez and Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, a good friend of ours, Mr. R.J. Halman from uh, FAIR. He is the Director of Government Affairs and Communications at FAIR. And I wanted to reach out to him because the Biden administration is uh, proposing uh, yet another uh, changes to the rules, to the laws, uh, to the to the uh, way that illegal immigrants are treated, and uh, my understanding, and this is what uh, we're going to get R.J. to talk to us about, is what they is, is that they literally want to expand uh, benefits and uh, public uh, assistance for illegal aliens. Uh, R.J., thank you for being with us. Welcome to the show. Talk to us about this this proposal, this idea. Yeah, by the yeah. Thanks for having me on. I feel like it's almost every single day the Biden administration issues a, a new rule, a policy, memorandum, or executive order that kind of goes against everything we believe in and the national interest as a whole. Something President Trump really tried to advance during his time in office. So in 2019, the Trump administration you know, really expanded the interpretation of a term called public charge, which means people who are reliant on public benefits to make sure they are not eligible to immigrate to this country. Because, you know, why should the taxpayer have to foot the bill for somebody wanting to come here? So this really isn't as much in the illegal immigration space, but it's more in the legal space as well. But again, both affect, you know, our nation and and the American taxpayer. But under this rule, the Biden administration is saying that individuals will not be penalized and will not be ineligible to immigrate here if they access health benefits and other supplemental government services that are available to them. So this is really screwing over the American taxpayer. What the Biden administration is doing is they're choosing to perpetuate a false distinction in the law between being dependent on public benefits and then so-called being primarily dependent on public benefits. So, again, you know, they try to ex- they're trying to exclude a long list okay, of non-cash benefits and earned benefits from being considered under this. So, sadly, again, nearly all of the reforms put in place by President Trump under the 2019 public charge rule are out the window. So they're trying to be more generous and kind of almost returning to this 1999 interim field guidance that was issued under President Clinton. But, um, you know, FAIR will be reviewing this rule uh, uh, very closely and will be submitting a public comment opposing these regressions and, and providing some recommendations to the Biden administration to really preserve congressional intent in the interest of the American taxpayer. So the comment period, I think, will end in about mid-April, and then after that point, uh, the Department of Homeland Security must review all the comments the agency received from the public and then publish a final rule responding to all of them. And then that will kind of put this in a firm place. You know, uh, I keep hearing that um, the Statue of Liberty has that uh, famous uh, quote about giving us their poor, giving us the world's poor. However, you know, that was 1876 when that was sent to us. And it was a different, very different economy, not to mention 
there were no uh, there was no uh, uh, welfare at that point. People came and worked, and uh, and became um, their own stewards. That doesn't seem to be the case now. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we we can't let our immigration system be governed by a sonnet. Um, you know, it's it, like again, it is it's something our nation was founded upon. As you mentioned, conditions were very different at the time. People were coming from all over the world. Our population was growing. And you're right; we didn't have all these programs in place, but now we do. And listen, when it comes to immigrants coming into this country, it should be what's in the best interest of the American people. How can they enrich our country? And also, how do we not have to give them our taxpayer benefits? There's plenty of American people in this country who are struggling. And we're seeing it as a result of COVID-19 and how the Biden administration has responded. We need to have their interest in mind, not dole out taxpayer dollars, you know, to people who are coming here looking to work primarily. So, again, this is just another step that the Biden administration is taking, uh, uh, putting us in the wrong direction and, and reminding the American people that, you know, immigration isn't in their best interest, but the interest of everybody else around the world with the interest in coming here. Yeah. I mean, how about an immigration policy that has America in, in mind rather than the rest of the world? You know, I mean, that's, again, that's how, you know, what the Trump administration believed and what we've long advocated for is everything has to be in the national interest. Again, you know, we understand that it's important to help people around the world, but how you do that, how you can help more people is you help them where they are. You change conditions in their home countries. And, and again, we, we've calculated the money. I mean, especially this is the same thing with, you know, kind of our asylum crisis and refugee resettlement. You know, the, the amount that it costs the American taxpayer to resettle one Afghan or an Afghan and their family here in the United States, we could help 10, 15, 20 more, more together in the region. And that's an area that's helpful for them as well. They're closer to them culturally. And again, they're not, they're not venturing too far away from a country that maybe they can change uh, down the road. So again, it, just, it may make the Biden administration and people on the left feel better by doing this all here at home. But if you want to help more people, you do it outside of our borders. Yeah. Well, what about all of the, uh, uh, all of the uh, uh, foreign aid that we send to these countries as well? I mean, doesn't that count? In, in helping these people? I mean, how much money do we send to these Central American countries, not to mention to the rest of the countries that are sending uh, uh, their, their immigrants to us? No, I mean, yeah, I guess you could argue, too, that we're already doing all we can on that front, and this is just taking another step. And again, you know, the, the American people are struggling here, okay? Again, it, it's kind of ridiculous to see, you know, the federal government still kind of advocating for the closure of businesses and other weird requirements, um, you know, on the American people, yet they are dead set, okay, in allowing as many people to come in as humanly possible. And under any condition, again, our immigration system, again, needs to operate in the national interest. It needs to be people who can support themselves, enrich our culture, and enrich our economy. Again, it's just the Biden, and this is one other thing, too, as well, is the Biden administration, all they care about doing is getting rid of anything that has President Trump's name attached to it. The fact that this was a significant regulation that was issued by his administration in 2019 puts it on the chopping block immediately. And sadly, there are many more that they're waiting to kill. Wow. Um, before we let you go, is there any other train that's coming down, Biden train that's coming down the track that we, we need to be aware of? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, it's hard to say, uh, you, know, as, as, you know, down there in Texas as well, the border crisis is not over. Uh, the numbers kind of dropped a tad um, from, we just got the January numbers, they just dropped a tad from December, but sadly, they're still higher than they've ever been. They're double January 2020 and quadruple January 2019. So again, the numbers are through the roof, and the Biden administration isn't doing anything to address it. Again, they have so many regulations that they're currently drafting that will make the crisis worse. And to, to kind of get in a little swampy thing here is the gentleman that's in charge of regulatory strategy and the drafting of regulations like public charge is a gentleman by the name of Cass Sunstein, who's a very smart, you know, constitutional and regulatory attorney, who's one of the architects of Obamacare. Again, who's sitting there behind the scenes in a smoke-filled back room looking for ways you know, to drive a Mack truck through our immigration system to allow as many people in as possible and to keep this border crisis going. Because again, the Biden administration wants as many people coming into the country as possible to solidify political control. It's amazing. It is absolutely shocking. But thank you very, very, very much, RJ, for joining us today. Uh, anything else that you'd like to share with us before we let you go? No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to uh, talking to your listeners soon. You got it. We've been talking with our good friend R.J. Hellman from uh, Fair in Washington D.C. Take care, and we'll be t we'll be chatting with you again soon. Thank you. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP nine thirty AM radio, and we've got our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, who is uh, a uh, freelance uh, or he is a reporter with uh, Newsmax as well as. Uh, an expert on border crime. He's a uh, regular on our on our uh, show, and I wanted to get him on here because he's been out visiting 
uh, in uh, Arizona. So, Jason, welcome back to the show. Tell us what uh, what's going on in Arizona. Is it a ba- is as as bad as it is here in Texas? It absolutely is, George, you know, without any question. And I, I have to tell you, I was really stunned at some of the things that I saw while I was out there. Uh, I got the opportunity to embed with the men and women of the Pinal County Sheriff's Office. Uh, many of the listeners may know Sheriff Mark Lamb. He's known as America's Border Sheriff. And I got to tell you, he is a great guy, just a great, great man. And some of the numbers they gave me and some of the things that we saw were just stunning. I mean, fentanyl, let's talk fentanyl for just a second. In 2018, the Pinal County Sheriff's Office seized zero pills, George, zero fentanyl pills in that county. In 2021, 1.2 million. That gives you an example of just how the state of Arizona is being overrun and truly invaded with Sinaloa cartel dope. You know, when we're sitting right now at 104 thousand in a 12-month period i want to say this again 104,000 overdose deaths in this country you can see how these cartels are playing a major role and when i was talking with the sheriff and with his chief deputy um one of the things that became very clear is that everything that's impacting them out there is all from the sinaloa uh, cartel so whether you are talking people or whether you're talking fentanyl that's where it's coming from. Now let me shift real quick and just give you a quick update on the people situation. I rode out with them many times from both their canine officers and with the, the sheriff himself. And in the first five minutes that I get jumped in the vehicle with him, we were in a pursuit with a vehicle traveling over 125 miles an hour. And that vehicle wrecked out. It had three uh, people in the car that were illegal, had just been picked up. This was on Interstate 10, not on the border. We are 70 miles into the United States, and they're wearing camouflage from head to toe. Got it all on video, George. And in a three-hour period, three pursuits in that one county. And it shows you the sheer volume of what dealing with. And, again, it goes all back to, you know, the sheer amount of people crossing that southern border. So, you know, I mean, let's face it. It's a double whammy. Uh, on one side, you've got all of these illegals coming across, being processed, taking up time uh, uh, and space, taking up time and space for the Border Patrol to do their job. But then at the same time, there's the illegal drugs coming across. Uh, it, 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 is it, I mean, what, what, what can the sheriff and the Border Patrol do? Well, I, I will tell you one thing about Sheriff Mark Lamb is that he is known as the border sheriff because he's the most vocal. He is someone that gets that in order to fix this, we've got to illuminate the problem and show the American people, one, it's why he allowed us to go down there, and two, he knows that that there is no way the county or the state can do it alone. I mean, this thing is massive. Let me give you some more numbers. Yesterday, I was in South Texas with the Texas Department of Public Safety, which uh, is you know one of the largest uh, agencies in Texas, one of, by the way, 2,600. Their fentanyl seizures for 11 months sit at 1,025 pounds. That's enough fentanyl to kill 232 million Americans. Say that, say that again. Say that, 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 that weight again. Yvette, in the last 11 months, the Texas Department of Public Safety has seized 1,025 pounds of fentanyl, enough lethal doses to kill 232 million Americans. And it is one agency. So here's why I say that. Because when I say what I'm about to say, I want you to know I don't just say this. You know, you've never heard me talk like what I'm about to say. And that is that this nation is under an invasion. And you can clearly see it in the government's own data. Looking at the overdose deaths, as a direct result of this fentanyl coming into the country, which, by the way, now sits at 104,000. I'm going to say it again. Think of that. And then in addition, in four months, October, November, December, and January, U.S. Customs and Border Protection have apprehended 670,000 people illegally entering this country. Don't take my word for it. Go to the CBP website and look. So when I say we are under an invasion... I am saying it using the government's data and showing you how it directly impacts Americans in New York, in Philadelphia, in Ohio, in Virginia, 
because they are impacted much differently. You know, we've got to make sure that they understand that fentanyl is not coming from another part of the country. It's coming from Mexico. And these cartels, specifically CJNG and Sinaloa, are responsible. And, you know, it frustrates me to know in George, because you and I have been talking about this for years. And you remember when we were talking about this, when the numbers were around 70 to 80,000 overdoses. Now we're at 104. And you hear virtually nothing from the White House, virtually nothing from the FBI director, the DEA administrator, the DHS secretary. Where are these federal institutions whose job it is to fix this problem? I mean, we're, we're at a point where Americans are dying faster than they did in the, in the, in the war in Vietnam. And there was a lot of screaming and, cry, and screaming and, and, and carrying on about that. But for some reason, there just isn't, I, I just don't understand it. I, I will tell you I, that to me, we are going to look back on this. And I, I'm going to say this probably for the next six months until it absolutely rattles these institutions to get to work. And that is that we are in the largest U.S. intelligence failure since 9-11. It is happening right now, and we are living through it. And when you can have this many Americans impacted by the cartels, hear virtually nothing about it from the U.S. intelligence agencies and the leadership of these once great federal law enforcement institutions and the White House, I mean, people should be fired from one end of the federal government to the other. And I, you know me, George, I stay out of the politics of this, but you know, I'm out there, you know, last week in Arizona and I'm talking to the chief and I watched that man break down because a week earlier, a 14 year old little girl died of a fentanyl overdose in his backyard. They're feeling it. I mean, the communities in this country are feeling it and our government is missing in action. And I don't care about the Republican, Democrat, red and blue issue. This is a red, white and blue issue impacting every American from every background. This poison doesn't care anything about your background. It's it's brutal what it's doing to families. Let me let me ask you this, Jason. If if you could wave a, a magic wand, if you were in charge and you were successful in, in uh, declaring these cartels as terrorist organizations, how would you handle it? First of three things. One, you address the nation every week. You identify the threat and the problem very clearly and explain to the American people why they are the threat. Show the intelligence of what they're doing. And when you see the scope of these labs, you'll understand why we have to have the terrorism designation first and foremost. I would address the nation routinely, showing the problem, not just talking about it. Second, I would attack those labs in Mexico using the government of Mexico's most elite special forces, just as we did going against the Zetas. I played a key role in that. And right now, the Zetas don't exist as we once knew them. They now are known as Cartel del Noreste because we know what needs to be done. We know how to target them. And what you do is you you go after, you look at them as dark networks, because that's really what they are. And based on the type of network they are, whether they're what we call a hub, a spoke, a wheel, or a mesh network, you go after the what we call the key nodes. So if you're a key player that's making, and I'll just give you an example, car bombs. And those car bombs have a major effect on U.S. citizens. Boom, everyone that makes and manufactures or has anything to do with car bombs, you take that complete node out. And there are many ways of doing that through arrest powers in Mexico and from U.S. intelligence agencies. You remove it like that. And so you use that methodology as to what is impacting us the most. And I can tell you what that is. It is these labs. They are massive. You've got pill mills that are able to produce industrial-grade fentanyl and millions of these pills. Second, methamphetamine, another major killer of Americans. These, these meth labs, anywhere from three to seven tons a week. So when I tell you we can't investigate only our way out of this and we can't arrest our way out of it, we can't. We've got to go after the labs first, designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, and that doesn't mean we go to war with them. What it means is that we're using tools of national power. So it allows us to go after their money real time The problem with going after their money now, George, is that it's an investigative model. Again, 
moving very slow under Fourth Amendment, which we want it to do when we're talking about things domestically. But we are talking about things outside this country, and it'll allow us to go after their money, billions, by the way, to help fund a lot of this. Third, when you are a terrorist, you can't be in this country. You're not allowed to be in this country. Now I can remove you very rapidly. I don't have to bill a two-year investigation on you for drug trafficking, weapon trafficking, whatever. Do you see what I'm getting at? Now what I'm doing is I'm adding speed to the system, George. This is what I've been trying to do for five years. Third and final is you can't be a terrorist crossing the oceans on boats. You can't be in the air on airplanes. Now we can limit their mobility globally, and we can crush them. And I mean absolutely crush them. And when it would be done, people would talk about this for 500 years because what they have done to the American people is unprecedented. I can't think of one terrorist organization that has been able to kill so many Americans as these cartels and get away with it. Yep, that's right. We've got to uh, let you go, buddy. But man, I mean, you know, it, it is it is really a, a sad situation that we're facing with so many Americans dying and so little being said, not only by the politicians, but by the, by the, ma- by the media itself. You're absolutely uh, right. You got it. Absolutely right. Folks, we've been talking with our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones from uh, Newsmax and uh, our uh, personal, our, our number one uh, border crime expert. Jason, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. Always, George. It's always good to be with you, buddy. And thanks for everything you're you're doing as well. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Hi, folks. Once again, let me thank everyone for joining us today on our show. Uh, El Conservador really, really thanks you for the support. We are getting so much support from uh, folks regarding our program. Uh, and and uh, the um, you know book sales are very, very good. I uh, encourage anyone uh, to uh, go ahead and, and, uh, and, and go, to a, go, go anywhere online where you find books for sale or even to bookstores. And you can order El Conservador uh, Conservative Opinions, uh, my book. Uh, I want to especially thank our sponsor, Border Hawk News. Thank you very, very much. If you want to know anything, my friends, about borders, about uh, immigrant immigration patterns across the world, anywhere, the United States, what's happening on our border, uh, in, in, in Europe, anything, Border Hawk News is the place to go. Border Hawk News is our sponsor. I thank them tremendously for uh, for uh, sponsoring us. I also want to thank all our listeners in other communities. I love getting, in other states, should I say, I love getting uh, notices and notes from folks in Utah, in New York, in Maryland, uh, telling us, uh, uh, thanking us for uh, uh, informing them. Because it's become very, very obvious, my friends, that uh, local news, as well as the national news, has lost interest in what's going on at our border. I mean, there, there is just no reporting going on about what's happening at the border. And, uh, you know, it, it, even when a, an illegal alien, and I'll use that term because that's what the, term, the correct term is, even when an illegal alien commits a crime in these communities... They are a not identified as illegal aliens, and then b, in many times they're not even uh, they're not even identified as uh, in their ethnicity as Hispanics, Latinos, Asians, whatever. Because well, again, it's more important for these uh, news outlets to be uh, politically correct than not. Um, one of the things that I want to close with, my friends. Uh, speaking of political correctness, is this situation that we have, increasing situation uh, 
uh, an obvious situation where the environmentalists, the radical environmentalists, are doing everything they can to cripple us, to cripple our economy, to cripple our country, to even unsecure the border. In their latest situ- in, in their latest uh, effort here in here in South Texas, the um, environmentalist there's an environmentalist called named Scott Nickel uh, from McAllen, and he has been watching the uh, he has been photographing and, and observing the construction crews erecting uh, walls uh, in the Rio Grande Valley, and he has uh, come to the conclusion that Biden that the Biden administration is still building walls. Why? Well, because we need walls to protect us from illegal immigration and from the, uh, from the drugs, the cartels that are coming across. However, he is more interested in the flora and the fauna, in the animals, the butterflies, the, uh, uh, the creatures that uh, supposedly go back and forth across the border. My friends, I got news for you. Creatures have been crossing mountain ranges rivers, oceans, for, for, for millenniums, for, for millions of years. Uh, a wall is not going to stop them. Walls don't stop. You know, a famous uh, 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 statement in, uh, in, in uh, Jurassic Park where one, where one of the guys uh, makes the comment that uh, science and walls can't stop uh, nature. They, and they can't. However... Uh, it is a leftist ploy. Environmentalists, they're the ones who believe that they can stop the climate from changing. Remember that. This is how, this is how delusional they are. Well, we've got now a situation where we need oil because we've got a, a global cl- conflict on our hands. We need energy, and we can't get it because of the environmentalists. We also need a wall, and we can't see. Or we're, you know, they're screaming and yelling not to build it. Because of uh, because it, uh, of the flora and the fauna, these folks, my friends, are dangerous, and we need to wake up to that. We need oil, we need energy, and we need a wall. We need an America First policy when it comes to immigration and energy. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP nine thirty AM radio in San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.